Welcome to episode 5 of the Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. In today's episode, we'll hear from the Surface Paradise senior coach, Brad Moore, as well as another review from the Canteen Connoisseur, which didn't end as you would think. This is a Podfire production. And welcome to the Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. It's our fifth week. My name's Rob and I've got Brenda here with me again. How are you, mate? Hello, Rob. Mate, uh, huge week in footy around the country, but in particular Queensland again this week. What was your eye catcher for the week? Yeah, so I was checking out the Gold Coast Suns Academy stream and the scoreboard was a liar. Scoreboard, scoreboard gate. It's scoreboard gate. Excellent. What happened there, mate? So at the end of the game, the scoreboard had uh, each team uh, tied and the you know the result being a tide people were you know a bit down in the dumps and wondering what might have been and so forth and then i checked the result later on in in the uh, evening and it turned out the Geelong falcons got up by a point so you, you told me about this before and we had a look at the um the vision on the stream and it's exactly what it was you know the players in in like any draw you saw both teams you know a little bit well what happens now or you know what do we just waste two hours on sort of thing and um, to see the score later on, that that's uh, certainly um, eye-catching moment of the week, f- worthy for for, so- for sure. Yeah, and I look forward to going through some aspects of the game a bit later in the show. Yep. My eye-catcher was the Aspley crowd. I went out to Aspley, and we'll talk about that game as well later on, but um, a wonderful turnout at Aspley and Wilston Grange. A lot of their supporters turned up to the game as well, and it was just a fantastic atmosphere at um, Aspley on Saturday, so that's my eye-catcher to start the, week, uh, yeah. start the episode off with. So Aspley's first game in the quaffle for a while, of course, and, um, you know, what better way to do it with a local rival in Wilson Grange. So look forward to talking about that one later. Okay, let's have a quick look at the AFL and the AFLW and a little bit of Academy Watch as well. Brendo, um, you talked about um, the, the scoreboard lying before and we actually were talking earlier on about um, the scoreboard maybe lying in one of the AFL games as well. GWS 12-11-83 beating the Suns 8-9-57 and the Brisbane Lions 23-18-156 defeating North Melbourne 7-6-48. Which scoreboard was lying in that one, Brendo? Look, I thought the GWS Suns result was a bit of a lie. Uh, I think most Suns supporters would agree. The 26-point margin you know, down in Sydney on the face of it doesn't look too bad. Flattered However, them a little, didn't it? It definitely flattered them. Uh, the Suns were at four goals you know, well into the last quarter and you know, the term junk, ter- junk, go- junk time goals comes into play there and, and that was certainly the case. Very yeah. disappointing um, display by the Suns, but hopefully they'll be better next week. Yeah, for me, the thing that stood out for the Suns was Matty Rao. He, he just does not stop trying, that guy. Um, 13 tackles. I think he had 18 possessions and 13 tackles. You know, the guy puts himself in the play just constantly and, you know, I guess they just need the cattle to go with him to to uh, make that next step into winning a few more games. Yeah, and I think the concern was with Turk Miller being tagged out of the game, I think it was the first time he hadn't had 30 possessions in some 20 games or yep. thereabouts. And unfortunately, they really didn't cope with Turk not having a massive uh, influence on the game. So no doubt other teams will do the same going forward and they really just need to find more helpers uh, through the midfield there and uh, hopefully do well. So, on, But on, on a positive note, I think um, uh, Levi Casbolt, is providing a bit for them and you know Charles going okay uh, and you know hopefully 
You know, well, they kicked th- three goals each between uh, for them on Saturday afternoon, um, and certainly Casbolt provides that that contest in the forward line that he may not take the mark, but he rarely loses loses out in a contest as well. So brings the ball to ground, and that's where you know they're missing Rankin. You know, someone like him feeding off Casbolt's um, spoiled marks would be um, would be invaluable for him at the moment. Yes. What about up at the Gabba, though? I well, shouldn't really talk about this because I was still a little bit too excited about it. Yeah, I, I had a look on TV. The score, 23-18-156 versus North Melbourne, 7-6-48. And look, it was really a procession almost from the opening bounce. Uh, I think uh, the Lions got out to a four-goal lead within six or seven minutes yep. from memory. Yep, it was. And look, I, you know, I, I don't want to sound uh, negative towards the Lions, but I think the story a little bit was North Melbourne. Uh, at times they were uncompetitive. Uh, they said as much in, in the post-match press conference. Some concerns there, but no doubt about it, that, uh, some nice things to see from the Lions' point of view. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about um, the VFL later on, but it was 212 points combined margins in the two games. So it does say a lot about North and maybe their depth as well. Um, Jason Horn Francis was absolutely amazing to watch live. He the work that he put in off the ball was fantastic, but he had absolutely no one with him. They they were completely outplayed in every aspect of the game. I think they kicked five of their seven goals from free kicks. Not that they weren't there; they were you know feeding from free kicks, no problem. But I think if you kick five goals from free kicks, you're hoping that your teams kick twelve goals for the game, and um, they never looked like it. So a bit disappointing. Great to see Lincoln McCarthy career high five goals. Um, he was all over the place, really, and um, just was completely outclassed the North Melbourne defenders. And Hugh McCluggage, I thought, was, again, put in a great game early on. Um, and what about Dane Zorko? Let, just a, a quick little thing on Dane. Moved to halfback. They say he's playing injured, but, jeez, uh, he's looking good at halfback, isn't he? No doubt. He's just he's just a seasoned professional, you know, 200 games in the AFL system now, and just continues to pr- produce. Yep, the speed and his and his precision in kicking coming off half back is something that I think will help the team going forward. Um, let's look at some AFLW as well. Um, the Brisbane Lions played Melbourne in the preliminary final. Tough conditions down in Melbourne, a bit of rain around, but um, Melbourne prevailed five three thirty three to four five twenty nine. Fantastic season by the AFLW team from the Lions. Put in a fantastic effort on Saturday as well. Just fell short. Ball was in their forward line, but they were they just Melbourne, just a better team on the day. Yeah, they just probably just had too many aces. Um, and you know, dare I say, it'd be nice to see Daisy Pierce potentially going out a winner. She's uh, been a, a trooper for uh, AFLW. Yeah, absolutely. So we wish her well. We do wish her well. We'll go on to those final couple of games, being the academy games. Now, obviously, you watched a fair bit of the Suns and Geelong Falcons game. One point, 9-14-68 to the Suns, 9-13-67. So it looks like they took a point off the Suns at some stage there in, after the game. Yeah, so, so as, as mentioned in the intro, uh, the scoreboard had it at 9-14 apiece at the end of the game. It was quite an interesting finish to the game. The Suns, uh, you know, with a couple of minutes to go, surged the ball forward. It looked like there was a bit of a scramble in, in the goal square, but the Geelong Falcons guy, with desperation, was able to rush it through first. Then the ball went up the other end, and at the time it looked like the Suns on the scoreboard were, were one point up. Uh, the scoreboard had 20 seconds to go. There's a stoppage in the forward 50 for the Geelong Falcons, 
And I must say, some really good coaching by the Geelong Falcons. They managed to clear out all the dangerous space, uh, get everybody to sort of load up on the other side of the stoppage. The, the ball got rushed forward and, and two Geelong Falcons guy ran onto the ball and probably should have made kicked the goal from about 15 metres out. But he missed at the time, thinking that he'd actually missed out on a chance of winning. He was sort of all cursing himself and disappointed. <laughs> but as it turns out, that turned out to be the winning point. So it was a bit of a strange occurrence down there. Some good players. Foggo's um, doing very well, Jed Foggo. He's coming up every week at the best places. Yeah, every week. I thought Jake Rogers had a bit of X Factor. It was looking good. Riley Stone with 18 possessions and Jed Wilder a couple of goals. The Lions took on the Western Jets, 10-6-66, defeated by the Western Jets, 14-5-89, a four-goal loss there. The Lions, I guess a a big improvement on, um, especially a couple of weeks ago when they were soundly beaten by the Suns. But um, the Lions... It was the same players again, Ben McCarthy, um, Bailey Bailey Tome and Jesper Flat, Fletcher, sorry, all playing solid games of football without really... Basically, the Western Jets led by four goals and kept that lead pretty much throughout the whole game. So some good things to see there for the Lions, but um, they'd like to get a couple of wins on the board coming up soon, I would imagine. Yeah, no doubt about that. I didn't get an opportunity to have a look at this one, but, uh, you know, the Western Jets are always a tough op- opponent, so... Let's hope the Lions can uh, yeah, four goals. Not chalk a, up a win next week. Not a bad performance at all. This third quarter now, we've got the VFL wrap. Three Queensland teams on the weekend, all recording victories. It's a good weekend for VFL footy in Queensland. No doubt about that, Rob. Should we go through the results? I think we should go through the results. Sounds like a great idea. So we'll look at the Suns game first. 15-13, 103 defeated the Swans in a thriller. 15-11, 101. Um... Did you get a ch- chance to see any of this I did game? have a look at the end of this game, um, ironically, because and it, it was really exciting. Um, Malcolm Roses kicked two goals in the last four minutes of the game to get the Suns over the line. Uh, I think he got four for the game, and Sam Day also kicked four. From limited opportunity, Sam Day, and that probably shows the class. He's coming back, um, you know, four goals. He only had seven possessions, but um, looking at the highlights, he certainly was... Um, was a good finisher in that forward line for them. The Swans, they've been playing good footy in the reserves as well, so a very good win away from home on a Friday night in um, in um, Western Sydney they played. Yeah, I think I touched on this last week. It's nice to see the Suns with a d- bit of depth through their VFL side. Um, I noticed that Hollands, um, who we're you know, going to be tracking very closely, had 22 possessions, did pretty well. Charlie Constable... Uh, Recruited from Geelong, had 20 possessions and 14 tackles. But it was good to see them, you know, fight it right to the end and, and, and win the game. Uh, Ned Moyle was extremely influential in the ruck and he's had great um, form in the last couple of weeks and I believe um, just extended his contract by a couple of weeks. So he looks like a very good succession plan for Jared Witts, um, you know, in the, in the coming years. So I think the Suns overall, from a VFL perspective, would be happy with what they saw. Four goals to one in the last quarter. They trailed all day and um, came home strongly in that last quarter to have the win. Back up in Brisbane on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, the Lions, 25 goals, 6, 156, defeating North Melbourne, 7, 10, 52. Look, it was a, um, a very dominant display by the Brisbane Lions reserves out of Brendale. Um, they fr- I, turned on the sc- I turned the game on when I was at Aspley and had a look First up in the score was 43-20 to 20 or something like that in the first quarter. And, you know, when you see 10 goals being kicked in a quarter, you, you know that it's pretty open football. And the second quarter, they just went on a rampage, kicked eight, eight un- unanswered goals, sorry. 
and um, you know, a hundred and four point win is fairly comprehensive. Yes, and look, Kyle Lohman continues his great form. Uh, we've mentioned him in the past, and he kicked five goals from twenty possessions again. Reese Matheson and Tom Berry uh, dominant at that level. Uh, Mitch Cox, Dev Robinson, and James Tunsil all going pretty well as well. Kyle Lohman's an interesting one, isn't he? A couple of games into his Brisbane Lions career in the reserves, and he really does look like he has got a little bit of X factor that at some stage will find his way into the senior team. And oh, and look, having the blonde locks doesn't doesn't, doesn't do hurt. Him, doesn't hurt either. So you know his possessions always get seen by everybody who's watching. So the maybe game. a couple of votes from the umpires as well. You think <laughs> after five goals and twenty possessions, you'd hope so. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Lions do from their reserves because. The seniors obviously had a great win and there wouldn't normally be any changes, but Oscar McInerney has accepted a one-match suspension in the seniors. So Tom Fullerton kicked three goals and could be something that they'll look at using Darcy Fort in the ruck and maybe Tom Fullerton gets a call up to play forward and then pinch in in the ruck. Yeah, that's that's a likely scenario. That's the scenario. obvious one, isn't it? Now, Southport, the last of the Queensland teams, had a fabulous win. 18-11-119, defeating Williamstown 10-2-62. Led from start to finish, really strong performance. I know you've been speaking to a couple of people from Southport today. Yeah, look, I think it'd be fair to say that Williamstown aren't possibly the powerhouse that they've been in previous years in the VFL competition. But nonetheless, it's a very strong win by Southport. You'll notice, you know, 29 scoring shots to, to 12. Inside 50s were, were very dominant in Southport's way. And no doubt about it that... Jacob Townsend, you know, former Richmond Premiership player, former Suns player, was you know, the, the big difference in the match. Managed to kick six goals in a quarter, which is a pretty rare feat, and eight for the match. So, um, you know, well done to him, continuing great form. And w- what I like to see is that listed in the best was Jacob Dawson, Jesse Joyce, Max Peskid, um, and, and Dawson. Uh, they're all Queenslanders, so very good to see that the Queenslanders were doing very well for Southport. So they'll be chuffed about their first win for the season in the VFL, and they look forward to a big, a big challenge this week uh, down at Werribee. Yep, so this week we've got, as you said, Werribee on Saturday night play Southport, which should be a very good game and a really good test for Southport. Geelong play the Lions on Friday afternoon, and the Suns will take on Carlton who are also playing good football in their reserves on Sunday afternoon um, before the senior game at Metricon. Yeah, and just on that, furthering uh, Southport's strength is the probable return of Boyd Woodcock, who um, was out last week, and uh, Fraser Thurlow, Ruckman Thurlow. Yep. He's, he's a, a very seasoned player at VFL level. And so, you know, that selection pre- pressure uh, is definitely a positive for them. And Callum Searle, we'll talk about a bit later, he, he played very well in the quaffle, so he's pressing for selection as well. QAFL news for the week. And it's absolutely our pleasure to have a special guest um, in this segment this week. We've got Brad Moore, the coach of the Southport... Oh, sorry. Oh, my goodness. How bad's that? Um, coach of the Surface Paradise Football Club. Um, Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rob. Um, and Howie, it's good to good to be here. I appreciate the uh, the invitation. Excellent. Now, Brad, you've come off a plane. You've literally come straight from the airport at the Gold Coast down to our studios here at Podfire. Um, tell us what you were doing over the weekend before we get into QAFL news. 
Um, over the weekend, so after after our game against Palm Beach, I um, I needed to travel back down to my home football club back in uh, in Langwarren on the Mornington Peninsula. Um, they were celebrating their um, a, a few team of the decades that they weren't able to to um, um, celebrate last year because of COVID, and then also their team of the century. So. Uh, I made my way, my way down there uh, on the weekend to um, to be a part of that um, that celebration and um, yeah, obviously for myself it was I was fortunate enough to be accepted into a couple of teams of the decades and um, I suppose the mo- most humbling experience was the team of the century on the Sunday as well. So um, yeah, I had I had a pretty good weekend, you could say. Now, as an absolute footy tragic, to hear someone who's made a team of the century for any football club at any level is just amazing and huge congratulations from us here. Um, and yeah, you should be really proud of that. That's amazing. No, I, r- I really appreciate it. Look, at, like I said, it was extremely humbling um, um, to be named. And, and when you grow up in a football club and, and back home before I moved to Queensland, it's um, it's a club that I'd played junior football with, and then obviously into senior football as well. And and you and you revere a couple of the players that you that you um, you've seen come through um, before you. And then obviously, when you think about the forties and fifties, like I said, my club was established in nineteen twenty, so. Uh, some of those players that you know, that I now share, um, uh, I suppose, a position on a team with is um, yeah, it's quite overwhelming and uh, and humbling. But um, yeah, very proud to be part of that team of the century. So we we officially have Lang Warren royalty with us today. <laughs> I'm not too I'm not too sure about royalty. However, I, I was fortunate enough to also um, my brother um, was also named in the century team, and oh, wow. um, and my father was the vice president. So. Yeah, look, like I said, it was it's a family club. It's um it's something that I grew up with. My my brothers grew up with my dad, uh, being president of the football club for many years. So it was just um yeah, it's it's great to just to be a part of something so special. So Brendo and I are heading down to Lang Warren soon. So if we drop your name, any chance we're going to get a free <laughs> beer somewhere? I'm sure they'll look after you. Excellent. I'm sure they'll look after you. <laughs> Let, let's talk about some QAFLW and Brendo. I know you've got a few questions for Brad to kick off. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us, Brad. Really appreciate your time. Let's uh, start off with the game on the weekend. Unfortunately, not quite the chocolates there. A couple of points. Yeah. How did it all go? Yeah. Look, it was um, it was disappointing not to get the result, but um, unfortunately, uh, oh, what do I say? Unfortunately, yeah, I mean results. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously win losses game, but um, I was really proud of the boys and how they were able to fight out the game. And and we probably just didn't get over the line. We probably did everything right in the second half. I think we were able to keep Palmy to to one goal in the whole of the second half, but. Um, uh, uh, they were able just to kick that one goal that they did kick was the one that put them back in front. But um, early on, we were probably just a little bit um, inefficient with the ball in hand, and uh, and we made a lot of errors. And Palmy made us pay, and and um, it's really hard to beat Palmy down there, even on your best days. But um, to give them the start that we did, and I think at one point they got out to almost a seven goal lead. So. Um, so it was probably a bit to peg back, but from my point of view, uh, our boys uh, didn't give up on it. They worked really hard and got themselves into a really good position, which almost snatched victory. So I'm interested in that, S- being seven goals down fairly early in the game. Obviously, coaches are you know, looking at swinging the magnets or do we just stick with what we've been practicing all summer? H- how'd you go about that? Look, there were a couple of moves we made and, and we, had, we had five new players to our team uh, play on the weekend as well. So, um, look, the, the pre-season's been a little bit interrupted, so we've still been trying to find out what our best setups have been. Um, but the, we had the likes of Danny Charlesworth and Matt Doran come back from Southport and play with us. Um, but they probably played out of position that they've normally played with us. Um, but once we swung them into, another, uh, into other roles um, that they're more accustomed to, uh, Danny going back down back and uh, and and Matt Doran going back into the midfield. Um, a few things changed uh, in other positions as well, but um, they were two telling um, elements. But um, 
it just it just in, uh, helped us with our balance. But um, like I said, because of the interruption in pre-season, we're still trying to work out our, our best setups, um, and, and it's a work in progress at the moment still. But um, like I said, might not have got the result, but really proud of the boys of, of how they were able to fight out the game and um, just weren't able to get there in the end. Yeah, and look, from a, an observer, I'd have thought the trip down to Sulk Oval, you know, small ground, Liam Jones, you know, probably owning the 50 there. You know, it was always a tough ask. And when I saw you coming, I was watching the scores and I thought, wow, surface, they're doing it again. They, they just keep, they keep on keeping on. So... Yeah, look, uh, how it's it's something that we do pride ourselves on. Um, in regards to we we want to stay in the contest and we don't want to ever give up on the on the fight. So um, and like I said, to the to the voice per credit on the weekend, they were able to do that. You mentioned Liam Jones; uh, he was outstanding. But um, I think he had about ten um, uncontested marks, eleven in total, and um, he was he was fantastic. But um, as they say in football, and from a coaching point of view, you don't want to ever get beaten by what you know. And unfortunately, early in the game, um, with what we knew to expect from Liam. We probably got a bit beaten by what we already knew was going to happen. So, um, but we learned as we progressed, and then we went through the game, and we got better at what we wanted to try and uh, um, um, put into motion. So, um, like I said before, like I was really proud of the fight in, in, uh, in our in our boys. We just weren't able to get the victory. Okay, excellent. So you mentioned just earlier, and we'll sort of turn our attention to a season preview, if you like, for the Surface Paradise mm -hmm. Footy Club. Uh, you mentioned earlier about some new players that you have. So. Um. Yeah, we, we've got a couple, um, couple more experienced players, and then um, a couple of young guys that are coming through as well. So two boys who who um, debuted for us on the weekend actually came up from Bond Uni. Um, uh, Trace Buckler was one, and also Mitch Dell. Um, we're really happy with their progress. Mitch Dell actually was at Southport through the whole preseason and probably missed out on one of those final contracts at the end. So we've got him back now. So. Um, as you would know, Howie, some of the Brody boys as well, that you've got guys who go to Southport looking for that VFL contract, and so you don't really get to see him until right on the start of the Quaffle season. So Mitch will take a couple of weeks just to find his feet a little bit more, but we're really happy with his progress, and like I said, Trace as well. So um, we're excited about what they could do at the next level, um, and they're young and they're developing players, which we, we like to try and um, get involved with our footy club. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we've got the likes of an Alex Mitchell who's come down from um, Sherwood last year in Morningside before that. And he's helping us, obviously, in coaching role as well as a key forward. And he's a bigger body than we've probably ever had. And, um, and the great man Dan Green has returned back out of retirement as well. So we're really looking forward to seeing um, if he can hit the form that he had back in 2019 when he, when he, um, he did retire. Um, we, as we know he was playing a bit of football in lower leagues um, in the two years off, but... Um, yeah, we're wrapped to have him back at the football club as well. So other than that, we've got some kids that have been coming through over the last couple of seasons and um, we're just looking forward to their progress that they make. Yeah, so that actually was going to be my next question. Perhaps, uh, you know, a couple of up-and-comers that maybe been in your system for a couple of years and you think might be able to make the step up to senior footy for this year? Yeah, well, uh, we, we, I think a, a lot of uh, people on the coast know Sam Hilton Joyce now and I think he's starting to make a name for himself and he got, ex he got himself a contract at VFL. But... Guys like AJ Stewart kicked two goals for us on the weekend, and he's just a real workhorse, uh, a, uh, a young guy, a small guy, um, who uh, who fitted in really well. And Camparama, he won the league um, goal kicking last year in the reserves, and uh, he probably deserved an opportunity last year. Didn't quite get it. We probably uh, we probably could have, but we didn't. Um, but to his credit, he's uh, he's put his head down. He, he he's copped it on the chin, and he's worked hard, and he got his opportunity on the weekend, and he and he showed that he wasn't out of place. So. There are a couple of those the guys that we're looking at. Uh, Josh Neas down back, he's getting his opportunity to play in our senior side as well. He's a he's a defender slash wingman. So 
Um, they're just a couple, and we've got some new recruits. Um, Riley Hayden um, had come, come across from Leopold in the Geelong Footy League. So he's a young guy as well. So we like what we saw on the weekend, but we've liked what he's been doing in pre-season. So, yeah, we're pretty happy with where we're at in regards to the development of our younger brigade, and um, we're hoping that they get that, that good experience at Quaffle level. Yeah, and I like the look of uh, Cameron Topping too. He's got a bit about him, so... Cam Topping, actually, I probably missed out on him, and we were super wrapped with him on the weekend. Um, again, I, I, for some reason, uh, finding Ruckman is really difficult to do in this day and age, and he's a young guy, but he's got he's just got a lot of go about him. He's not the the most um, efficient kick, but uh, what he what he what he doesn't or uh, what he lacks, I should say, in um, that kicking efficiency, he more than makes up for with endeavour and work rate. So um, he was great on the weekend. We're really hoping that he can really cement his spot as our our number one Ruckman, which allows us to throw Matt Green elsewhere yeah very good and just over the off season uh you know i've been asking all the clubs what sort of areas of improvement or what sort of focuses or themes or anything you like to call what what did you sort of focus on over the over the summer Oh, look, a lot of it's same, same uh, in, in some parts. It's, it's just that our competitive nature and what we, what we really want to have as our, our identity. So when pl- teams come up against us, they know what they're going to expect. And like you said from the weekend, is that, that never-say-die attitude and, and fight it to the last uh, that last siren. Um, but we obviously the way the trends of the game are going, uh, uh, there's a lot more, and we saw on the weekend with even the quaffle results, it's a, it's a lot more scoring going on now. So the, um, a few years ago, it was very defensive and it was very easy to defend. But now with the few rule changes, the man on the mark and obviously the extra space you get out of fullback as well, um, you've obviously got to find ways in which you can nullify the opposition from clearing the ball out of your forward half um, as easy as they can. So um, those elements are, are a big part of what we're, we've tried to focus on. And, and again, that defensive thing um, uh, aspect that I spoke about, when you've got the likes of... Um, well, I know Liam Jones plays down back and Lockie Henderson's in the competition as well, but uh, you look at Hamelman up forward. I mean, if teams are able to move the ball freely and fast into their forward, in their front half, you know they're going to score more times than not. So um, uh, defending is becoming a lot more difficult, so being able to hit the scoreboard now is going to be uh, just as important as stopping oppositions from scoring. Very good. Um, Rob, did you have any questions there? Yeah, look, just from a <coughs> part of me, as a um, pathway for yourself, obviously Elaine Warren product but um how'd you f- end up at surface paradise coaching <laughs> that's a strange story so i moved up in in 2010 and i actually went to labrador and 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 really fortunate labrador gave me my opportunity to coach senior football and that was when the NEFL started to yep. to start to evolve as well so spent a bit of time at, at labrador uh then i start then i left labrador and um matt angus at Broadbeach. i went and spent a bit of time with him and spent a year at southport but then funny enough and when i was at uh, surface paradise i had actually did a bit of work with the academy and coached with the academy. Then I decided to step away from senior footy coaching and um, I concentrated on my boys who were playing junior footy at, at Surface Paradise. And uh, and um, so I was just coaching them at the time and then um, I was approached, uh, I think it was the end of the 2018, no, no, sorry, the 2016 season, if I was interested in, in possibly coaching or getting back involved into senior coaching. And um, I hadn't really thought about it too much but sat down with um, a few of the board members at Surface Paradise they spoke to me about the list and and what their uh, what their philosophy was in regards to the development of their their um their juniors and coming through and and after being at the academy it really appealed to me that development side of coaching so um uh, I, I went home and, and thought about it long and hard and um I thought oh well I'll get back into it and um I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it ever since um I think 2019 is a perfect example of um of why it's been so enjoyable because I think we had 15 or 16 
kids who, or when I say kids, players who came through the junior ranks at Surface Paradise. So um, that was that was probably one of the most pleasing aspects of, of that 2019 season was just to to help develop those those players to play quaffle football first and foremost, uh, but then also to to get the the ultimate success that every player is trying to That's achieve. Right. Given that opportunity to to make that next step. Really. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, like then when Howie was asking you about um, our playing group, we're, we're still really focused on that. Is a key element of our philosophy is developing our own as much as obviously trying to recruit as you need to to stay competitive now in the Quaffle. Um, and we've seen that with uh, the the amount of talent that's come into the Quaffle this year. So. Developing is a, is a really big part of what we do, but we are, do also understand that you've got to get good talent coming in as well. And that's what community footy is all about, isn't it? It is, it very much so. Um, and, and up here in Queensland, I'm, I'm, I'm really... Um, I've always thought that, okay, we, everyone knows that down south is where uh, most of the elite footballers come from, but um, I think it's my duty as a coach uh, and, and most coaches is that uh, if we can play our role up in Queensland and develop our... Queenslanders to become AFL footballers um, or VFL footballers, I think um, that's probably a pivotal part of our, our roles. It was a big weekend in QAFL footy and we already talked about your game. Mm-hmm. Two points, um, it came down to the wire there, Brendo. Um, Palm Beach 12-981 defeating Surface Paradise 11-13-79. Um, the game, obviously, you guys came back from you know the seven goals. What, um, I guess... Going forward, are you one of those coaches that says, "Well, you know, we finished this game on sh- off strongly. That's what we're going to." Is that been the focus for this week? Will that will that be the focus for this week? Most definitely. I mean, you've got, you've got to always draw on the positives. We're, I think the players know when we review the game, and the players understand probably the areas of the game that let them down early, um, and and we just need to clean and tighten those areas up. So, um, yeah. I think we'll focus on how we finish the game. Um, we won't focus too much on the result. It's yeah. how we finish it in the performance and then hopefully build on that this week. So always looking for constant improvement. Well, thank you so much for coming because the insight that we get from a coach, we've you know we've had someone from QAFL come in, we've had someone from a VFL team, but to get an insight from a coach on, on the thinking on a match day and, and how it all pans out has been absolutely wonderful. Hang around for a second because we're going to talk sure about thing. the other QAFL teams. You might be able to pick up a... Hint or two against some future opponents here. Sure yeah. thing, thank you. So we'll go through the results quickly and we'll talk briefly about each game. Uh, Redland Victoria Point uh, defeated Morningside by 82 points uh, with eight goals to Matty Hamelman. And uh, the bests included Jack Rolls and Callum Baker. Um, apparently Morningside were hit a little bit, had a few of their players out yes. with COVID, unfortunately. It's going to happen, um, isn't it? It's going to happen and... I believe also their coach was affected by COVID as well. So um, I couldn't have that wrong, but I believe that's the case. We'll so go with it anyway here <laughs> on the Queensland <laughs> Corridor Footy <laughs> Podcast. Um, Mount Cravat, 17-11-113, defeating Sherwood, 13-15-93. Luke O'Sullivan and um, Craig Malone for Mount Cravat and Darcy Priest um, was one of the best for Sherwood. Um, I was a little bit surprised by that result. Yes, no doubt about it. So I spoke to Tony Lynn earlier today, who's the Macrobat coach, and you know he was really proud of his boys, um, and rightly so. And he mentioned to me that it was the first time um, for the year, you know, the two preseason games, he, he didn't have all of his um, talent at his disposal, and it was probably the first time he had all of his senior players involved in the same game. So that definitely helped. Um, he mentioned that you know they they controlled a lot of the big parts of the game. Sherwood came at them early, uh, sorry, early in the last quarter and got to nine points and then, you know, they were pressing, pressing, pressing Sherwood and then 
um, you know, perhaps a bit against the run of play, as sometimes happens, you know, when one team's pressing, 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 then all of a sudden the ball releases the other way and Mankravac got that pressure-relieving goal that probably broke the game open. So, look, they were wrapped to, to win the first game of the season and, and well done to the Mankravac Footy Club for that. Now, I was out at Aspley, 17-13, 115, defeating Wilson Grange, 7-8-50. Um, Connor Stackenberg was absolutely brilliant on, on Saturday. It was an amazing standard of footy. I was really impressed with what I watched. Um, Wilson Grange obviously have recruited really well and would have expected to be pretty competitive. And look, they were. Aspley were able to finish. That was the difference between the two teams. Matt Payne got the, the cheers and the jeers coming back to Aspley there, but he kicked a couple of goals for Wilson Grange. It was pretty good. Matt Eagles is definitely a physical presence on the field for them and um, he uh, showed that a couple of times and uh, one led to a 50-metre goal just before half... a 50-metre penalty that led to a goal just before half-time, but it was a really professional performance by Aspley there. Um, what was next? Uh, Labrador defeated Maruchidor. Again, I, I heard that uh, COVID was a bit of a problem for Maruchidor. I know their, uh, Mitch Stoddard, their, their premier goal kicker, was out with COVID, or maybe it was a contact, but he, c- he didn't play nonetheless. And that might have had a bit of bearing in the game, but um, you know, that was a convincing victory by 75 points. Big win. And then the last game of the uh, round was Broadbeach 13-13-91, last year's premiers against last year's Wooden Spooners, Noosa, 11-7-73. What happened over there, Brendan? Yeah, so that was an interesting game as well. Um, Noosa came out all guns blazing, as you'd expect. Um, and, you know, hats off to them. Uh, they won the Colts, they won the Reserves. And they've definitely improved markedly as a footy club um, on field. So well done to them. Um, and look, in the third quarter, they Broadbeach looked like they sort of had the ascendancy, ascendancy in the game. And then big John O'Freeman took a big grab, contested grab, 50 metres out, went back, boomed it, boomed it home. Um, and then five minutes later, kicked another big bomb from 50 as well. So that got them in front. Um, you know, early in the last quarter, they were pressing. But in the end... You know, Broadbeach are able to step in and get the game done. So, you know, well done to Noosa, well done to the Cats. It was a high-standard game, um, very big crowd there. I reckon 250 people from Noosa travelled down for the game. So, um, and, you know, they're all quite uh, well, uh, well-oiled, if, if you like. So, <laughs> Hopefully um, they had some designated drivers to drive them back because it's a long drive. Yeah, so, you know, it was a great, great uh, day down at the Cats and, and um, you know, a very enjoyable place to be. Excellent. Look, um, let's let's just wrap up the tips from last week because there's a little bit of controversy about the tips. I, I've been burning ever since Saturday afternoon. Actually, actually Rob, sorry. Oh, um, you know, I mentioned I forgot to mention at Labrador, um, the Labrador Marichador game. Lockie Henderson was best on ground, right. um, and you know, just completely controlled the game from from what I heard and. Also, um, young Joshua Deacon, he's a young ruckman, um, he's a Labrador product, missed out on the reserves uh, finals through injury last year, um, but they absolutely wrapped how he went, um, replacing um, long-term servant Andy Hollis, who'd, who's um, hung him up this year. But um, he, he uh, did really, really well in the ruck, had six tackles, most on the ground, and, and now just wrapped with his performance. So A good 12-goal win always makes things look even better, doesn't it? No doubt about it. Excellent. Let's get to these tips because I am still upset. Um, last week I had tipped, um, I had tipped Labrador, 
No, I tip. Yeah, I. Uh, in my head, I tip Labrador, (laughs) and then you came on and did a review of of Maruchidor, and you pumped them up, and I went scratch, 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 and I changed to Maruchidor, and now I look like a fool, because last week out of six games I got three right, and Brendo got five, so I'm two behind after one round, and it makes me feel bad that I I fell for it, and I I well played by the way, well (laughs) very well played, so let's go through this week's tips, and I am not letting. Well, actually, I am letting. Some emotion get into this this week with me, but Labrador and Broadbeach, who's your tip there? I actually think Labrador are looking the goods at the moment, so I'm going to go with Labrador on that one at the home deck. I am going to agree with you there. Morningside and Palm Beach, I am tipping Palm Beach to win that game. Okay, so this is where we're going to be different. I'm tipping um, Morningside to bounce back. Uh, They obviously had a disappointing game on the weekend. Uh, A few players back from their COVID um, hiatus and... And uh, what's he'll get them going? Okay, Sherwood play Redlands and Victoria Point. Who have you got tipped there? I don't think we need to take much time on this one, do we? Oh, that's yeah, maybe not. Look, I think Redland Vicky Point will have too many guns, but I expect a good showing from Sherwood. Now I've created a rule for my tipping, and that if we've got a guest in our studio <laughs> that is associated to a team, I'm just going to tip them. I don't care who they are, but I actually think Surface will beat Maroochydore this week. I do too. Brad, who do you think will win this game? Well, I think you both <laughs> might hopefully are right. Um, <laughs> we hope we can bounce back this week ourselves. Now, it's a home game for you guys? It is a home two game. Two o'clock First on Saturday? Home, yes. Yep, two o'clock Saturday, so everyone should get down there. Yep, and if, from what I heard, we finally got our goalposts on the oval as of today, so that's oh even dear. better. <laughs> that's, that is quite important for the big game. <laughs> yeah. Now, is it still I, – I, I've been involved in footy on the Gold Coast a while. I used to be an umpire. And uh, surface, I used to love going there because it was like the the best ground um, for the breeze coming off that water. Still, still a good um, few goals down to the road end. Yeah, look, it can be. I, it uh, it depends on the day, and and uh, but you can. You, and I know the players like coming home to the clubhouse end as yep. well. So uh, if it if it all works in their favour, that's where the win goes. And if they can come home in the final, that's uh, it's always a positive. So we win the toss, we kick towards the water. That's, yeah, that's okay. what we do. Excellent. So I'm tipping surface, Brendo. You can't, you can't, not with. You're going to tip surface as well. Oh, no, you already tipped surface. I did tip surface. Oh, dear. I'm struggling today. Wilson Grange against Mount Cravat. Wilson Grange at home for mine. Yep, me too. And Noosa against Aspley. I think Aspley will win that one. So we've got one different this week. Good. I can catch one up. So um, good luck with your tips, Brenda. All right, our final segment. Are you ready, Brenda? I'm ready. You ready? Because the canteen connoisseur... Look, the canteen connoisseur, oh, look, I, I just get so excited doing it. Um, so I was out at Aspley this week and I've – Brendo Brendo got upset at me before because we went through the run sheet and I've done like four pages just on the canteen at Aspley. Uh, but it deserves four pages. So, again, just to go through the rules, $20 limit. We, we vote on four different categories, variety, value, taste and service. So let, let's – I'm going to get straight into it because Brendo's pointing at the clock as well. So – um, but I really don't care. Um, variety, they had the works there. Pies, sausage rolls, everything. Bags of lollies, dim sims. You could choose fried, steamed. Fantastic. Nine out of ten. Um, classic canteen, I wrote. Very, very good. The value, pie, dim sims and a drink was $12. Maybe they should put the price up so they can get my 20 I don't know. But um, I did go back for a bit of dessert later on. So um, a good eight out of ten for the value. The taste... <coughs> Look, I went the dim sims naturally. I, I go for the dim sims every week. They're okay, but they weren't the traditional dim sim. They were those little, oh, I don't know, like, like dumpling things. wasn't 
you know, it just wasn't that traditional one. So that they have been um, score has been adjusted because of that. Pie was awesome, just the right temperature. Yeah, no, no scalding. No scalding. No burning yourself whilst eating. No, zero, zero burning. That was fantastic. That's important. That one. We did have we did have a bit of an issue, and it's coming up. So and we gave him eight out of ten on the taste. Um, the service, you know, I had a little bit of a wait, but like you know, it was half time in the reserves, and you know that's okay. Um, but the main issue was the condiments. Um, I'm sorry to say, I need to make a public apology to the girl that was standing just to my left, who was wearing a cream jumper, because I pushed down on the soy sauce and it exploded. It went everywhere, and people had said to me, "Why do you wear a white shirt when you're going to do this canteen stuff? You're going to make a mess at some stage." And uh, it took to my second week before that became true. And the poor girl sitting standing next to me, I just looked, and I said to her. I'm sorry, but I am the canteen connoisseur and you will be part of the podcast now. And she was kind of happy with that. She kind of took it, but I know I felt terrible. So we've, we've had to go down to a 7 out of 10 for the service, but it's really the condiments that have they've copped it there. Overall, 32 out of 40. That's solid. Very a real good. solid. Now, And what are you looking forward to this week? No, Rob? no, no. So you're not cutting the canteen connoisseur short, all right? You've tried that before. It's not happening again. Saturday night. I went to the to the Gabba. Now I know it's not a canteen, right? But I was gifted a couple of tickets to the Queensland Cricketers Club. Okay, I get it now. He right. wants to talk about how <laughs> he got, got a into couple the of tickets. Queensland Cricketers Club. More gifts. More gifts. More <laughs> gifts. Um, look, they got. They told me you can have these tickets, and there's a hundred dollar bar tab. And I went, "Yeah, you beauty. I don't even drink, but I'm going." Right? The bar tab wasn't a hundred bucks. It was five hundred. I couldn't even get through it with it. I'm ringing people saying, come into the Kriegers Club, I'll buy you a beer. Like, it's the only time I'll ever do that. Mate, they had lasagna. They had chickpeas, chickpea Lincoln burgers. What is that? Just to our listeners, he didn't call me and ask me if I wanted to go up in the Kriegers Club. I wonder what happened there. I, um, I, I believe, I thought you had a big day that day, so I didn't. I, um, well, d- don't worry about that because I got home and told my good wife and she said exactly the same. She said, where was my invite? But anyway, I gave them a good solid 47 out of 40 at the Cricketers Club because it was just amazing. So, look, I know we've gone a little bit longer, but um, that, that well deserved it. What are we, what are we looking for, forward to this week, Brendo? Look, I, it can't go past Labrador versus Broadbeach. Massive rivalry. Um, It'll be on for young and old down there. It's going to be stream. Uh, look, okay. I assume it'll probably be the stream game. Yeah, I heard on the weekend that that's the game they were going to. Yeah, uh, there's big rivalry, you know, plenty of um, banter between the two clubs and I'm really looking forward to it. Guess what I'm looking forward to? What's your canteen? I'm going to Coomera. I'm going to Coomera. So we're going to do a, a, um, a QAFL senior team and then we'll go to a Div 2 team every second week. But um, Coomera are playing Coolangatta and I'm interested to see the Tippett brothers out there at Coolangatta. Hopefully they both play. So that will be... Oh, sorry, at Coomera against Coolangatta uh, versus Coomera. So that is what I'm going to be looking forward to. Once again, a huge thanks to Brad for, for popping in. Uh, thanks for having me. And um, straight off the plane, mate. Oh, you know what? It, it kind of was just a great story listening to you coming in and I'm, I'm 20 minutes away and that. You know, I just felt like this was becoming important. So Oh, it was important. I, I spoke to Howie uh, a week or so ago and um, no, I told him that I'd commit to, to getting in here. So um, I was a bit uh, disappointed that uh, there was some traffic from the airport, but um, no, I was glad to be here. No, really a huge thanks. Thanks, Maury. Really yeah. appreciate it. All awesome. right. And to everyone out there, enjoy your footy this week. We will be back again next week for episode six and have a great week.
Rocket goes for goal number 100 and gets it. This podcast is brought to you by Platinum Standard Grading. The future of grading has arrived.